0: All right. So now we're in the premier class and we saw the beast, the Nea Bastianini, on a Grissini Ducati take the win in Qatar. What a day. Um, Brad Bender finishes second, Polis Bargro on the podium in third. (laughs) Um, <laughs> which I'm gonna poke you with that in a minute. I know, but but I don't I don't want to take. Enaebastianini could be in the title hunt on what amounts to a privateer entry in MotoGP. It's been over five thousand days since Grassini won a race. The last one being Estoril in two thousand and six
1: with Tony exactly.
0: Elias. With Tony Elias.
1: Now that was also that was the race that cost uh, that essentially came down to cost uh, Valentino Rossi the championship that year too, wasn't it?
0: That is correct. That is correct. So 5600 days or something crazy 5800 <laughs> days. I saw I saw something, but that's how long they've been since they've won. Now, how long has it been? I'm going to give you a little trivia since a privateer won What was the last privateer team, basically, to win a race in MotoGP? Don't worry, I know.
1: Yeah, I know. I figured you would. Go ahead.
0: It was uh, Jack Miller and Assen.
1: That's the 2016, it was a 2016 in the rain, right?
0: That's right. Yep. That's right. So, you've had almost five years of, between a privateer winning oh well, no you've had almost 6 years between privateers winning races mm-hmm. um and that was on a Mark VDS
1: could, Honda correct
0: that is correct it could not have happened to a better team oh 100% the um, the emotion that was going on in that garage you know with the passing of Fausto due to covid-19 um but uh, if you I, remember I, I, last I year
1: last year he passed last year and that's when um, you know DG took the podium on the same bike and motor or on a bike in moto 2 and mm, yeah. that was that was an emotional moment there as well and then this year just to top it off again um, it, it's the storybook stuff for this team you know I, it I mean, is. it's it, it's really really emotional and moving and like you said it, you know just beautiful moments in this and you can't you, you couldn't write a script oh. better.
0: Fausto's wife was the first female principal to yes, ever win a race. I saw which that. Is, yep. Which is a landmark. It's amazing. Which, um, by the way, it,
1: International Women's Day was yesterday. So that's oh, something of note as well.
0: Congratulations to them for that. Uh, you know, we didn't minish, mention Anna Carrasco in the Moto 3. She didn't have a great day, but she was out there fighting. So, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, first of all, that bike, man. I could look at it for hours. I yeah. love the look 100%. of that bike. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. Okay. So that's, we'll get that out of the way. <laughs> I'm, I'm having, I'm we having have to have something for everyone. Affair. The people
1: that just like looking at them, they, you know, they have to yeah. stop in too.
0: Yeah, I am basically having an extramarital affair with that bike. I love it. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, the way that Bastianini is able to ride that bike especially to manage the tire to the end of the race is is absolutely phenomenal. And I, I so I have a couple things I want to throw out there about this because um he's on the 21 bike which we know was probably the best bike on the grid. Do we agree yeah. there? No, absolutely. On 21. Yep. Okay. So but what he was able to do last year on the 19 was the same thing. He was super strong at the end of the race. He was he was good during the race, but he was super strong at mm-hmm. the end. And I think I figured well I have an I have a theory. Okay. I don't think none of those bikes could run that entire track, the entire race for all the laps on full power. They talked about that. They right, run right. out of fuel. I think I think that's the way Bastianini has been riding forever. I don't think he rides that thing on full power until like the last 5 or 10 laps. Because if you watch that race, he could not draft past any you know the person in front of him? He mm-hmm. did not catch the Suzukis and stuff on the straight, but at the end of the race when he went by Pola Spargo, that thing
1: was a rocket ship.
0: He went by Pola Spargo like a Spargo had the brakes on, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> so part of that could have been he would have gotten away bike. with it. It wasn't
1: for you meddling kids, <laughs>
0: right? But I I think that he he starts that bike and rides it. For the majority of the race it probably 80 to 70 percent power right because because he's he's his lines are no different but on the straights he wasn't just eating people up until the last four or five laps well, and then it was like oh my lord that's fast yeah and i think and so, so
1: it's it's funny you mention that because as soon as they started talking about that you know the, about the fact that the 19 bike preserved its tires so much during the course of a race that it was still strong at the end, which is why he was able to, you know, get a couple of podiums last year. I was worried when I heard that. I was like, "Oh goodness!" Now he's moved over to the 21 bike. It's not going to be quite as good. No. He's gonna. He's now he's going to have to learn the tire preservation, you know, skill all over again in GP. But then the guy turns around and he comes out and he wins a race. So, but I don't now think it's the bike. I think it's with that methionine. being said, Brad Bender only fin- finished three tenths off of him. Brad Bender made up a ton of time on the lap on the last he did. lap. He so, did. Do you think I that Bastianini backed out of it a little bit? I don't know. I don't know if that's really in Bastianini's blood, to be honest with you. He's a Moto2 champion, you know? I think um, he did. So he uh, maybe bit. he did, maybe he could have, but at the same time, you like you're saying, if he cranked up the power to full power, you know, to uh, towards the latter part of the race, if he's on the new bike mm-hmm. that doesn't pre- preserve the rear tire quite as much, he might that's chew it I'm up right? a little bit before it's used to yep. it.
0: Yep. Well, you know, either way, He was 1.6 seconds at the beginning of the last lap. Um, I don't think he would have lost a second, 1.3 seconds, without backing out a little bit. But, you know, either way, no worries. It doesn't matter. You can win by one-tenth or ten seconds. It doesn't matter, right? Um, I thought you were going
1: to pull out the Fast and the Furious quote on me.
0: Oh, no, Not an inch or a mile. Not even (laughs) happening. No, no, no. Yeah. So, but yeah, so Baccianini, great race. That's what I think about him. Let's watch him going forward because, and watch from now when we get on these straights with him, if he's up at the front, watching the fact that his bike is a rocket the last five laps. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, a lot of the guys, they're doing that at the beginning and then, you know, cutting it back. But I think he's playing it the other way because he's just, the way he rides, he can do that. Um, But let's move on to Brad Bender who had a phenomenal first race of the year for KTM. I don't think anybody saw this coming. I know I didn't. What about you?
1: I completely agree with you. Uh head and shoulders not expecting this at all uh from Brad Bender. Um but I think I'd you know I'd even message to you afterwards i said to me this kind of solidified that Brad Bender's where he belongs or, or he One hundred percent. You Brad know Bender because belongs to G P the you know the check the check G P that he won um a couple years ago it could have almost been considered a fluke, you know, but at the same time, he turned around last year's win was once again, it was considered a one-off because of the weather and he's crazy Listen, and you know, if
0: you can water ski on a Moto GP bike, but you're a great rider.
1: This GP to me, it, he he belongs in GP and he is a, he's yeah. a successful Moto GP rider. And I think that Brett now is the time that Brian Bender needs to take the next step and start thinking about championships.
0: Well, I think that's going to depend. I think Brad Bender has that pedigree. We know that. The bike
1: definitely is a limiting factor, I think, right now. That's
0: right. Right. So we saw that most of the KTM struggled. Now, they figured out something for Brad, but we also know Brad's a Sunday guy. So they figured something out. He's Mm -hmm. a Sunday guy. You had a perfect uh, storm of, of luck there. But let's find out because if the bike will do it brad bender will do this right and he He was on a medium
1: rear tire i think they said that the the he was on a medium front and a medium rear
0: that's correct so he did not go for the the soft rear um but he all credit to brad bender i never thought brad didn't belong brad's a world champion brad is uh he did something that i don't think any of us thought would be possible on that bike last year yeah and you know so now he's won Multiple GPs, he's got multiple podiums, you belong, period. That's it. Yeah, I'm a huge
1: Brad Bender fan.
0: Yeah, I I like Brad Bender too. Um, But moving on to your boy. I mean, how excited were you for... You have no idea the amount of stress
1: that was in this house. I was just never going to live it down. A podium is bad enough. If
0: Alash and Pole had been on the podium together, Pole had won this race... This would have been the episode where Jason just pokes Bo with a giant stick.
1: Not the brothers we wanted, but the brothers that we deserve. <laughs> <That> we deserve.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, all credit to Paul Spargo, all credit to Team Scooby Doo, who I will now start calling Repsol Honda again. It looks like their bike is back. They were 1-2 early on on the first lap. Yeah. And that's yep. And that's the first time we've seen that in a long long time. Um,
1: and all credit to Paul Spargo. He looked really good out by himself for a a long time. He really
0: did. He rode a great race. super strong. After, after the disaster of last year, this must have felt like a world championship. You know what I mean? Like this was not just a win, just a world championship. But I am, I am happy that Honda is better as a bike because They've always had the great Marquez, but they didn't have a great bike because no one else could ride it. You could see it, um, but I'm going to get into that a little bit later because I have some takeaways about that. But Pole ran a great race, rode the front mm-hmm. most of the race, um, just ran out of tire at the end. There's no shame in that. It's just your first race on this chassis, management, electronics, yep. Yep. all that stuff's got to get figured out. I don't think they're going anywhere. I think they'll constantly be up in that top eight to ten and uh, all year, you know, barring crashes. Um, but more surprising than that was Aprilia and Alasia Sparkrow. to me. Alasia Sparkrow all weekend had great pace. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's flat out riding the, the wheels off that Aprilia.
1: And, and again, is now the oldest rider in the, in the grid. So that speaks no, to, I second think, oldest, second is oldest. Dovey older?
0: Uh, Dovey's older.
1: He's the oldest person in the top 10. So that's something that we need to take away, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Perfect. Good, no, good, yeah, good save. It's a, good save. Honestly, the, the work that Aprilia is doing is it, it's yeah, it's, it's awesome, nothing short of astounding. Yeah, really. it's I great. Mean, I, mean, they, I mean,
0: they are a tiny, tiny factory in comparison to everyone else out there. Um, so all credit needs to go to them. But lace look good on that bike, and you know, I don't. Yeah. I don't love Alicia Sparkro as a rider. I think he and his brother talk too much to the media, but you can't take when when a man puts it up there and fourth on a bike that has, you know, limited development compared to everyone else in yep. terms of time, you know. And he's been on the podium before, but this was a big race because this was a this track has not been kind to them in the past. So I I was a lot of respect there. Congratulations to him. Uh, and behind the was Mark Marquez. Tell me what you thought about this race for Mark Marquez.
1: So I know the comments were made all weekend long that Marquez was not, had not developed the front end feeling in the new chassis and this new bike than he had before. Um, all that said, he's, he's still fast. You know, he was four seconds off the lead or off the, off the, uh, winning pace, winning pace. Um, I don't think this is a horrible result for Marquez. I know that Marquez also said that he had some doubts going into this weekend. Um, I think it's a positive result given that it's a new, um, an, an all-new bike for him. It, it is a different direction than what Honda has done in the past, which is like you said earlier, they have catered a bike specifically for him. Now he needs to turn around and figure out how to ride this new bike. It, the, the onus is now on him, you know, to, to deliver to his employer the results that they demand. Sure. Um so I, I don't I still don't know if we have a championship winning Marquez though. Um I I didn't see that. I saw a competitive I saw a podium um competing Marquez. Possibly some race wins as the season goes on. It once it gets better feel out of the bike, but I just I think this year's championship is going to be wide open as to who can win it.
0: Well, I'd like to. What about you? My two cents. Okay. So uh, this year, Mark made the statement, "I'm stronger than I was last year." Um, I feel better. Their bike is better. Obviously, their bike is better. Um. But Mark Marquez finished in fifth. So overreaction, Mark Marquez is never going to be Mark Marquez from 2019 again, ever. Because that bike, that Honda, led the race for most of the race, and he wasn't on the Honda doing it. He was was four seconds off the winning bike. He Mm -hmm. was... Two Almost 3 seconds, 2.7 seconds off of the other guy and his team. That's a huge seismic shift in that garage, in my opinion. Now, it's one off. Let's see what happens. Right, right, yeah. But Mark Marquez in 2019, 2018, 2017 was challenging for race wins at this track. On a bike that no one else could ride. But
1: it was also a bike that he knew too though, you know, so there there does there there is that factor to it. Um
0: I will give you I will give you he knew it then, but when Mark Marquez came into the premier class and won the title, he didn't know that bike and no one else could ride that bike, and no one's been able to ride it since Mark Marquez has been on it very well. Who else on a Honda has won the race? besides Mark Marquez, right, since right. Mark Marquez was on that bike. No one. And so it was very telling to me that Polis Bargo is up there leading the race, and this guy is nowhere close to him. Now, let's see what happens on the left-handed dominant tracks. Right? Let's mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. Because if he goes and wins there, then we, I, I think we have our answer. Um, I get it. You're stronger than you were last year. The bike is much better overall, and evidently the problem in the well, past has well, been rear grip feel. the
1: The bike is better overall, but who is it better for? That you know what I mean. You can you can blanket statement the 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 bike being better for the Honda team as a whole, which I, I don't dispute that at all. But is it better for Marquez? No, because he's well, obviously not, Mar- not, like said, not Marquez, like think- you said, not Marquez anymore.
0: Well, right, but they wouldn't have built a bike for Pol Bargro over Mark Marquez.
1: I don't think he they built this bike. I, I don't think they built this bike for Marquez.
0: I don't think they built it for anybody particular. I think they just made a better overall performing. bike. I think
1: they took a big shot in the dark, and that's what they came up with, and then and it and it, it worked. I mean, well, it's if you look at the bike, it, it it's uh, I mean we've talked about it before. It looks like a Ducati with you know two year old Ducati with Aprilia wings on it.
0: What do you want? Come on. What? So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, they, they they had to do something. Yeah. No, no no, no, no. No, no, no. I'm not saying it's bad. No,
1: no, I'm I'm not yeah. saying you no. Know, no, you shouldn't have done that. No, we want competition. Yeah. I mean, there were four, yeah. five manufacturers in the top six.
0: Well, absolutely. That's what we well, want. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that's that's really I I am. I'm going to watch Marquez very closely for the rest of the year. Let's see what happens because if this happens five, six, seven races, we have our answer.
1: Yeah. No, I agree.
0: Um, But this is race one. That's just an overreaction from me. Um, So let's talk about Suzuki. Suzuki made some real strides in horsepower. You could see it in this race. Yeah, that bike's fast. It is really fast. Now... The bike's not perfect yet, but it is a ton faster than it was last year. I mean, it's not even close. Like the the horsepower that they are putting out of there, they found some ponies over there in Hamamatsu.
1: Yeah, I think there um, were a bit. Wor- I think there was some chatter saying that you know, well, Suzuki now has more power, but I think they've lo- but they've lost you know possibly the tire preservation characteristics of that bike. But uh, Joanne Muir kind of disputed that and said he didn't think that was the problem. He did say that, you know, yeah. there were some rear grip issues, but he said the grip issues started right out of the gate, um, which is yeah, why he had so, some problems.
0: Right. So uh, in, in terms of that, though, that's basically when you when you redesign a motor— you know, everything changes. Yeah. The no, absolutely. Grip changes, yeah, yeah. every so it's gonna take them a little while to get it set. But what they did finishing sixth and seventh, I don't think is a horrible start to the year. They qualified better. They you know what I mean? These are small you gotta take small steps in it, this class most of the time.
1: If Alex Renz sees a, a checkered flag, it's a win. <laughs> if Alex Renz sees the checkered flag in the top seven it's uh, nothing short of amazing from what uh, some of the the results that we'd seen last year and some of the actions that we'd seen, you know? Um,
0: Right. Well, so no, I, I I, I
1: agree. This is a great, a good team result for Suzuki right now. Um, I think Joanne Mir, I think you would call it, you know, he's going to be a threat for the championship again. He is definitely going to be a threat. I don't disagree with that at all. And, and I like watching Mir ride. I think he's ruthless on a bike. I think he's aggressive, Uh, but uh, I mean, he's a ton of fun to watch.
0: I like his I just love the style. I love how easy he makes it look. You know, Marquez we've seen all the pictures, the rear tire in the air while he's turning, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like he is just wringing that bike's neck. But Mir does not ride like that. It is
1: He and Peko Banyai are similar in that fashion. You know, Peko Banyai never really gets out of the out of shape or anything like that either.
0: Oh, I know. It's like it's like it's like silk on a greased pig, man. (laughs) It is unbelievably smooth and I, I just I, I find myself during races when he's up at the front and he's riding I'm just watching him and I I zone out when they're not I'm just watching this dude lean in there and lean it lean it lean it lean it so effortlessly and and catch the apex of that you know it's yep. just unbelievable so well, and, and not to take you know that the other rider Alex Renz when he's on he's like that too yeah it's it like just a surgeon looks on effortless. the bike yeah oh yeah so I mean, it's it's really good. But let's talk for a second, because we, we like where Team Suzuki's going. Let's talk about the disaster that it was for factory Ducati. Oh. They ruined the best bike on the grid, in my opinion. They weren't good all weekend. They made too many changes to an outstanding motorcycle. And
1: their guys are flat-out struggling. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the fact that... Um... You know, crashed at crashed. Very un- uncharacteristic for Peko Banyaya Yeah, but he wasn't. To down, he wasn't you
0: know. on on the. He wasn't at the front with speed wise. Anyway.
1: No, he he knew that he wasn't. You know, contending to win the race. He he had good speed that was acceptable towards the, towards right. the later part the of when he race, crashed. Yeah. yeah. He'd kind of gotten out, but he knew that he wasn't going to be a factor in as far as who was going to win the race if he was going to be on the podium or right. not. But and that was you
0: unfortunate know, he, from our team because we don't know what he could have done. But, yeah,
1: Martín got a terrible start, I think, too. So, I mean, it yeah. just it, it, Ducati did not have a good day on Sunday at all. Aside no, from Bastianini.
0: Well, the, the the factory Ducati, right? Team. Factory, oh, Ducati. And, and, yeah. and, uh, and it was terrible. The electronics thing for Jack. Um, did you read about that?
1: Um, all I read was it was the electronics kind of got lost is kind of what he mentioned. Right. He so was get really bad surges of throttle mid-corner. and um,
0: Right. So the bikes operate on GPS around the track, and the electronics change to match where they are on the track. Hmm. And he was getting full power in places he was not expecting full power. <laughs> so... Uh, I'm with you, Jack. I would have gotten off that thing, too. <laughs> uh, would have been like, nope. Uh, everybody just, you know? Yeah, exactly. So they'll get that figured out. That'll be fine. But I, I really think that there has been some whispers that there were some real development issues during the test. Well, I know Ducati.
1: Francesco Begnay was really upset because Ducati po- forced him into testing. And, you know, his comment was, I'm not a test rider. I am a, I am supposed to come out here and I'm supposed to win. So you need to hand me the bike and I need to figure out how to ride it to make it fast. And, and that was kind of what it led to last year. I think the, the comment that he made was they made some setting changes on the bike. And then after that, you know, the last few races, he didn't even touch the, It didn't touch the bike. He just went out and rode it. And to yep. me, that kind of adopted that Casey Stoner mentality of, you know, this bike is fast, but I just need to change me to figure out how to get it yep. fast. And, yep. and I love that mentality, you know, about Paco Benyais. He doesn't want to go out and change stuff. He just wants to go ride. And he made the comment about Ineo bastianini He saw Ineo Bastianini was fast, even in testing a few weeks ago. And yep. the comment he made was he puts, Ineo puts gas in the bike and rides and that's it. Yep. He just goes out and rides the bike and figures it out. And, and that's what Peko wants to do. That's what Peko gets paid to do. But now Ducati's treating him like a, a test rider because Ducati has a level of arrogance that they know how to engineer a race win.
0: Yeah. And you know what? And they abashed is like, yeah, I'll just take that older bike. Where's that 21? I'll yeah. take that. <laughs> Give me cool. that used bike Thanks.
1: and I'll go out here and crush everyone yeah, else.
0: A- absolutely. Give me this frame from last year. That's cool. Uh, I'm cool. Um, you know, Zarco speaking of Ducati and Pramac, Zarco finished the race in the top 10 after what looked like it was going to be a, an unmitigated disaster for him. Um, didn't qualify well. Didn't, he just didn't, he was just, I, I don't know, man, the 22 Ducatis, they don't look great right now. No, Ducati needs not at to all. figure it out. And the 21 Ducatis are doing just fine. Um, but, well, especially Inea. Yeah. But, you know, the other 21 Ducati is Bezzecchi, who was doing okay until he crashed. Um, but, you know, we'll see what Bezzecchi can do. Um
1: now Fabio's on a 21 as well, right? Did Gian Antonio?
0: Let me think. Yes. No, Fabio's on a 21. Uh, so there's three Buzicki's 21s and five 22s. Yeah. So I know Marini's on a 22. Uh, and then uh, the Pramac team and the Factory team. Anea's on a on a 21, and DG yeah. and DG are on 21s. Okay. Yeah, so it's five and three. And I mean if I'm if I'm riding a Ducati, I want to be on that twenty one. <laughs> I'm like, I don't <laughs> want this twenty two at all. Um But speaking of dumpster fires, factory Yamaha. Oh my. <laughs> um so that's the Fabio Quartoraro, Hang on. Fabio Quartararo. The defending world champion looked like he was on a pedal bike. (laughs) Um, And Franco Morbidelli, I guess they were working out together because there they were (laughs) out there (laughs) pedaling around. Um, So Yamaha didn't look great all weekend. They couldn't set a fast lap. We talk about. Yamaha's needing open track and take the corner speed. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter what was happening. No, that wouldn't matter this year. No, um, or this race, excuse me. They they did not do, they have not done a very good job of making any real steps forward while the other teams have, taking, have taken a few steps forward. Um, except you could say Ducati hadn't, but their 21 bike was so good that, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um,
1: Well, you have like a tale of two cities, right? You have Yamaha that that almost refuses to develop the bike, and then you have Ducati who overdevelops the bike.
0: Right. So if I'm Yamaha and I'm sitting back in Iwata, and I'm thinking, why would I mess with this bike? It just won the world championship in, in MotoGP, in World Superbike. We make the best bikes ever. We know what we're doing, right? That's exactly what I think they're thinking. Yeah. But then they come out here, and their world champion rider's like, what? In the world, is this? Um, you know, you've got these guys are on a twenty-two. Their their fact their satellite team is on a twenty-one, uh, but this twenty-two is. Quattro, if they don't do something drastic, Quattro is not going to be competing for the world championship.
1: No, he's going to have to override the bike. And as soon as he starts overriding the bike, he's going to start crashing and, crashing. and throwing away yep. points. So, yep. no, I don't see Fabio repeating a world championship this year.
0: And I don't see Morbidelli having a chance, a snowball's chance, because Morbidelli, who, who is a great rider in his own right, mm-hmm. and very well put the bike underneath this guy, he could very well win a title. But... He he doesn't have the bike. Yamaha's kind of right. lost in the forest right now. Yeah. Race one. Hopefully, they are put some people on it. Hopefully, they'll get that figured out. But my goodness, all weekend, I was like, what is Yamaha doing? All weekend. All weekend. Now, we knew coming in that testing-wise, that showed. Like Yeah,
1: yeah. They were not happy and, about things. There were, no. there were some comments, especially if you've got comments coming out already in testing about... Uh, about crucial things like the engine, right? I, I mean, you right. can make chassis j- adjustments and chassis changes throughout the season. You know, you can develop things yep. like that. New swing arms, this and everything else, electronic yep. adjustments. But if your heartbeat is not what you need it to be, there's a that, yep. that's the red flag of all red flags to me.
0: Yep, yep, absolutely. Well, the other thing I want to say, you know, we know that Pecco had a bad night. Um, but Pecco didn't run well in the first four or five races last year either, so maybe this isn't his, like kind of a bogey track for him. You know what I mean? And we're gonna see, but we're hopefully that they'll get that figured out. But I don't see how Yamaha can figure it out. I just don't, unless they can figure out a way to raise the corner speed by thirty miles an hour.
1: Sounds like a tall order to me, Jason.
0: Well, listen, <laughs> I made a comment about silk on a greased pig. That is not what these Yamahas look like right now. No. They look like, they look, it looks like a pig, all right. <laughs> trudging <laughs> through the like <laughs> and, and uh, on neck deep mud. <laughs> I mean, it is unbelievable how bad that they look. But, you know, what I was really, really surprised, because you know I'm such a huge supporter, was to see Maverick Vinales finish 12th.
1: Is that a positive surprise or a negative surprise?
0: Man, that's exactly what I thought Maverick was going to do. Maverick and you saw how angry he was at the end of the race. The clock is ticking on how long until this dude's head explodes. Oh yeah, I, well, I mean you said you I know, got he my finished corn
1: ready. You know, you made the comment he finished in 12th place. I, I that that's not going to be a 12th place if the guys that had crashed didn't crash. Yeah. You know what I mean? If Jack yeah, Miller he's didn't fall in. fighting for a single point. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. That, to me, that, the yeah. Maverick Vinales got that, got those four points because of attrition. That's why Maverick Vinales was so high up the order.
0: Maverick, you heard it here first. You, sir, are a head case. So, <laughs> and, you know, Simon Crafar has, has talked this dude up about how good he is into the fast corners and how brave he is. This dude is good on a motorcycle when everything is going perfectly. That's when he's good. He is exceptional then. So right now, though, we're seeing who Maverick is with a little adversity. And you know who that is? Terrible. Terrible. (laughs) Maverick is going to lose this seat or he's going to quit and not go back. He's going to go to a satellite team and then he's going to go to World Superbike. That's my prediction. Maverick Vinales has got he. So why not just
1: skip the satellite team? Why don't we just go straight to Superbike and then free up that seat he, for someone else?
0: Well, because he believes he's a MotoGP rider. Because he's spanger, he's the only that's one why. that believes it on this podcast, and I think not because he can't win, because he can. It's because of the the mental instability. He lacks the mental the, fortitude. The Absolutely. Yeah. The immaturity, like. It's unbelievable. You can't tell me the bike is bad, bud. We just had a dude finishing fourth. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The bike's not bad. You're bad.
1: You spent enough time on it, you should know it now. You should you should be able to know what make to what to and, do to make that is a bike And this track go fast. where
0: you have one races. Yep. Here's what I'm saying to you, Maverick. Go into broadcasting. <laughs> anyway, you want a spot on this podcast? We'd be willing to listen to you if you paid us.
1: We'd give you your own little segment.
0: Absolutely <laughs> Mavericks patty, um, <laughs> uh, but you know i who cares to me, Maverick's irrelevant in the championship has been for a long time because he can because as long as Mark Mar I said it many times, as long as Mark Marquez is on that grid, he's living rent free in that dude's head, whether <laughs> yeah. he's. Whether he's Mark Marquez of 2019 well, or it's Mark Marquez t- of 2049, all it's going
1: to take all it's going to take is another rider to get into his head. Though uh, I mean, you know, I mean, as soon as he gets around someone like Joaquin, Mir- there
0: is there is no room for anyone else in his head right now. He is in his own head, like the the fact that he can't he's not as good as Alasia Spargo, and Alicia's not talking trash to him in that garage. But that fact is in his head. Alaysha's living rent-free in his head. The part about it, the weird part about it is that Laish doesn't even know it. Alaysha isn't even in com- competition with him. <laughs> Alaysha's out there having a good time. <laughs> Maverick's out there screwing it up. And it's just, it's it's terrible. It's terrible. But at the same time, I love it because this dude's getting what he deserved. He, he absolutely earned his spot with factory Yamaha and absolutely wasted the opportunity.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that.
0: So, you know, see you later, bud. Have a good time. And uh, maybe maybe Top Rack wants your spot. (laughs) I don't know. But Top Rack will come and take that from you. And he will put it up the inside of you with the rear wheel in the air and not care one bit. So um, that's what I think about Maverick. Um, You know, we – a little bit shocking for me about the uh the two ktm tech three guys um especially raul fernandez i i thought he would be a little better but i i don't know that the bike has gotten the same uh work on it for them that they got with the factory boys because they talked a lot about testing when there was just an unbelievable amount of parts and stuff they were trying at the test so I think this is kind of KTM's mo,
1: though, right? Like you know, KTM yep. kind of puts something on one of their flagship bikes and sees if it works, and then they yep. roll it out, you know, afterwards. Correct. So I think that these might end up getting getting updated fairly quickly. Um, I agree. Given I just Brad don't think they're there yet. yeah, yeah, I, I, I no, think no, no, absolutely.
0: They're on the struggle bus right now, but you know, we'll see, and and we'll see how long that Raúl Fernandez and Remy Gardner can do this. I think Remy's better built for this, honestly. Cause Raul, if he's anything like Lorenzo, this will not sit well. Um, but you know, he he just really didn't have any answers. He wasn't he probably wasn't comfortable the entire race. He was just trying to finish, and he did that. So I guess there's that. Yeah, um, which is definitely you know, a positive
1: for these guys. You know, I mean, was, Well, Bezzecki was the only rookie that didn't finish. Um, but Betseki yeah. looked good up until his crash. I mean, he was he moving did. quickly. Yeah. He was up, moving up through the pack. What uh, what place had he gotten up to? Uh, before then, remember.
0: uh, um, I he was in the points.
1: Uh, twelfth, um, looks like twelfth place, I think. Yeah, twelfth or thirteenth, yeah. you know. And then he yeah, had his so, had his get off. So
0: yeah, but we'll we'll see. You know, I think Jorge will be Jorge Martin will be back. Miguel Oliveira, I don't know what to say about him, man. I, I, Miguel has immense talent, but I don't know if the KTM is right for him. Um, he may not be able to get his head around it. It just it. It seems like Bender is figuring it out, while Miguel is just stuck there, you know, in quicksand. Yeah, so.
1: it's really he's so hit and miss, and it, it seems like there's no one. One week it's a good direction, the next week it's a, a poor direction. So it's really hard to gauge Miguel on yep. the on the KTM, like you say, yep. to to really know how he's feeling on it. If he is figuring it out, what's going on? Last year he did have the wrist injury for a couple of races. I think I think that hampered him quite a bit. You know, couldn't support his uh, support his weight under braking really heavily. So. That could have played in into some of the the, the results last year. The struggles last
0: year, last year yeah, but, but this year I don't know. Well, yeah, we'll race one, let's not, you know, let's right, let's right, right. But, but I do have some overreactions if you want to hear them. Um, we heard okay. me say Ducati screwed up their bike. Yeah. Um, Marquez will not challenge for the world title this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Yamaha's a dumpster fire. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> KTM is a legitimate title contender this year with Brad Bender.